Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Prodigy is a production of iHeartRadio. I've never placed much importance on dreams. Like, was that dream I had of Danny DeVito starting a nail salon really that relevant to my subconscious? I mean, it was weird, but probably not. But what about recurring dreams? They make more sense to me. It feels like a representation of trauma or insecurity trying to break out of my brain. What's even more interesting to me is that millions of people share the same recurring dreams. Like, how does that work? Teeth falling out is a very common one. I used to have that all the time. Another recurring one I have occasionally is going back to school and showing up for final exams, but I forgot to go to some of the classes. This episode isn't actually about whether dreams are meaningful or not. I mean, I have no idea. It's about controlling them. My name is Lowell Berlanti. And this is Prodigy. Mr. Simon, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. E.S. Fine is an author and expert on lucid dreaming. Also, he's just a super nice dude that's become more like a friend than a guest. I'll let him explain what lucid dreaming is, why it's so cool, and how you can do it. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. So I'm the author of a science fiction novel called Points of Origin. I'm working on my second novel right now called A Dream of Waking Life, which is all about lucid dreaming and insanity uh, and drug use. Very excited to be here talking about lucid dreaming, and I'm thinking you had a lot more questions for me. Can you explain what lucid dreaming is exactly? Yeah, of course. So a lucid dream is a dream in which you know you're dreaming and you have full control of that dream. Uh, A lot of times people think that they lucid dreamed just by knowing that they're dreaming. Um, But a full lucid dream would be one in which you have full control of that. You can have powers. You can ultimately do whatever you want. It's kind of just the extent of your imagination. At first, you're not going to be amazing. I know a lot of people say, hey, I can't wait to start lucid dreaming. I'll be able to do whatever I want instantly. Unfortunately, that's not the case. It's very much like the superhero movies where they get their powers and they got to learn how to use them. 
it is very, very similar. Um, you are using a whole new part of your mind in a very new way. I have known many people who are naturals who say, hey, they have full extent of powers. When I say powers, I mean flying, you know, meeting people, having sex, uh, you know, laser eyes, literally whatever you can think of. If you can say it, if you if you can speak it, then yes, you'll be able to do it if you can conceptualize it. Um, at first, though, for me, I couldn't even fly. I would put my hands up in the air and try to Superman fly and it just wouldn't go anywhere. Um, so for a lot of people to learn powers and to kind of unlock those things and, and stop yourself from limiting yourself, you got to kind of anchor yourself to reality. So I started by going to the top of the building and just jumping off. And I started by gliding slowly down. And once I felt that I could glide and kind of disobey gravity, it became a lot easier to start the Superman flying. Um, 20 years later though, I'll tell you what, I still have to do little swim motions to keep myself fully in the air. So I still don't have it fully unlocked. Uh, certain things you're just going to be limiting yourself on. And that's just up to the person, up to the mind. Yeah. I heard you got to pay extra to get the uh, full flight features unlocked. <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah. EA has got full control of it. So. <laughs> so why would somebody want to lucid dream? Um, Obviously, there's the recreational aspect. You can have fun. You can do whatever you want, meet whoever you want. Um, but there's also a deeper aspect to it. There's the philosophical nature of it. You can explore parts of yourself that you simply otherwise couldn't. For example, you can request from the dream, hey, I'd like to meet the creative part of myself. And you can talk directly to the creative aspects of yourself. Um, you can even go so far as to begin changing yourself. You can alter the ego. You can do some metaprogramming ultimately. Uh, so it's a form of meditation in that way. It's also a form of catharsis. Uh, you can revisit dead relatives. Uh, you can revisit moments of your life that you'd like to redo, and you can redo them. Uh, you could also revisit nightmares. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a nightmare of the Wicked Witch of the West and Dracula, because I used to watch those when I was a kid. And uh, later in life, uh, when I started lucid dreaming, I revisited those characters, even though I hadn't had nightmares in very long, and I basically became friends with them. And they're now recurring characters in my dreams, and you know all that, the, the old nightmares and the old trauma from that, it's gone. I was able to fully heal it. So there's many reasons you can do this. Um, I know a lot of people that claim to do sports in lucid dreams and improve their motor functions, which a lot of studies have shown that is reasonable. You know, just by thinking about certain exercises, you do get some uh, neurological connections going on there from muscle to brain. But I'm not a big sports guy. I've never really attempted that. But I did study for classes in school. I was uh, very academically inclined. Um, and so I would, you know, do memorization and uh, I'd bring different topics into the dreams and hone my skills there uh, as language, especially when I was learning Spanish. So there, it really is a multitude of reasons. If you can think of it, go for it, man. You can do it in the dreamscape. It's uh, it's so funny to me when you say I would use my lucid dreaming to study. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just funny. <laughs> I, you know, looking back on it as the person I am now, it is absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, really, dude, that's what you were doing in there. Um, but yeah, that, that was very important to me at the time. So, yeah, because I mean, I've lucid dreamed a couple times. You know, I didn't like do it on purpose. It was sort of an accident. But yeah, like obviously at that point point I like can barely imagine how somebody would study it you know yeah once you get used I mean this was probably three four years into you know doing maybe five lucid dreams a night when I was really really good at it and this was before the consumption of cannabis too cannabis definitely clouds the experience definitely makes it harder I'm a regular cannabis user now so probably maximum I'm doing maybe three four lucid dreams a week it's very hard to do it multiple times a night now too but 
without the use of cannabis, especially when I was younger, explosive amounts of lucid dreaming. Um, yeah, explosive. <laughs> yes, just so so much, especially as a kid. And I'll be honest, as a kid too, you know, you're you're meeting celebrities and you're having fun. So I'm like, yeah, every night, absolutely, I want to be having fun here. Come on. Yeah, so. I, uh, I have an inappropriate joke to make, but I'm gonna hold back. But um, <laughs> I am. I implore you. I encourage you to say it. <laughs> um, but I have some questions. Like, how did you get into lucid dreaming? very synchronistically, very randomly. Uh, I had a friend at the time, uh, I was a kind of a big loner when I was young, uh, but I had one of my only friends at the time just randomly said, hey man, uh, I, I ran across this at the library, this thing called lucid dreaming. I feel like it's something you'd be into. I was like, I never heard of it, but I'll check it out. Yeah, I was absolutely into it. Um, so that was it. He's just a buddy told me about it. I got lucky. But how long ago was this? This was when I was 13. So this would have been uh, just about 20 years ago. How I really you know, got even more into it though, and it kind of explored it and really learned how it works was through a forum. I'm pretty darn sure still exists called LD for all, uh, the number four all, and just a giant community of lucid dreamers that like to help each other and kind of give tips all the ranges too of ages. There's 50 year olds on there and there's 10 year olds on there. Um, so I was started on there when I was 13 or 14 and, uh, I haven't been back there in about 10 years, but unbelievably helpful. They were so cool. We did a lot of cool experiments on that forum too. We tried shared dreaming hundreds of times. Um, so we would, we would get close to certain people and we would exchange passwords and we would try to go to the exact same place in our dreams and give each other those passwords. And then when we woke up, we would have to state what the password was and see if it worked. It never worked. Shared dreaming has never worked once. I don't think it's possible, but it was kind of fun to try out and see. So, How does someone go about lucid dreaming? Sure. So in the beginning, you really want to use techniques that are a little more passive. There's, there's passive and there's direct techniques. So the passive technique would be number one, get a dream journal. Uh, either a voice recorder or a physical journal. I, uh, I find a voice recorder much easier. Um, but start writing down or speaking what you experience in your dreams, whatever you can remember. A lot of people say, hey, I don't, I don't dream at all. First of all, you do dream. You just don't remember them. So other people would say, hey, I don't remember my dreams. At some point, though, especially as you go about your day thinking about dreaming, thinking about lucid dreaming, this type of functionality throughout the day is going to make you dream. I've never met a person that said it didn't work to some degree. So when you start dreaming, write down anything, whether it's an emotion, a color, anything. The very next night, your dream recall and vividness will increase significantly. So the number one thing you want to do is think about lucid dreaming throughout the day, be writing in your dream journal. Once you've been doing that for a couple of days, you want to start doing what's called reality checks. And throughout the day, you want to either look at your hand. Um, you can try breathing without uh, uh, opening your mouth. You can try touching surfaces and seeing if your hand goes through them. Yeah, I heard touching your hand, like putting your finger into your palm. Sure. Finger in the palm is another one of them. Um, I really like looking at clocks or text because it's always weird in my dreams. For other people, it isn't. But when you do that, you're going to ask yourself, am I dreaming? Actually, when I was 18, I got a tattoo on my wrist. It says awake with a question mark. And that is an exceptional reality check. Um, and so constantly throughout the day, I'm just seeing that tattoo and going, am I awake? Am I awake? By repeating these questions constantly over and over and over again, you're just setting up these algorithmic patterns in your brain and giving yourself a much, much better chance of that same question coming up during your dream naturally. So now that you've combined your reality checks, you're constantly thinking about dreaming, you're writing down your dreams in your notebook to increase your vividness and your recall. As you go to sleep, you're going to do what's called mild. 
mnemonic-induced lucid dreaming. Uh, reportedly, this is something Stephen LeBerg kind of created, one of the fathers of lucid dreaming. Um, so what you're going to do is just relax. You can utilize any relaxation technique you want as you're falling asleep. I like to tense my body up uh, re really tight and then let go. That provides a lot of relaxation to the muscles. And then you're going to imagine in your head that you are doing something very specific. Have a goal. Uh, for me, it was always flying in the beginning. So I'd imagine myself, I'd feel myself flying through the air and I'd repeat affirmation to myself. I am going to dream. I am going to lucid dream. This is going to work. I am going to lucid dream. As you pass into the dream, you're it's kind of just a gamble. You're hoping that the reality checks you did and your focus and attention will allow you the question to come up and will allow you to go, hey, am I dreaming? No, I, yes, I am dreaming. This is, this is crazy. Here we go. Now I'm lucid. Um, if once you get good though, and I highly recommend people try this anyway, you can utilize a combination of what's called wake back to bed and wild uh, wake induced lucid dreaming. You really, you can use wake back to bed anytime. That just means you wake up in the middle of the night, stay up for a few minutes to an hour and then go back to sleep. Your uh, recall and dream vividness will be markedly increased. But wild wake induced lucid dreaming, this is, it's very simple once you get the hang of it and it's very dependable. You lay down, you imagine a certain scene. For most people, it's a repeated scene. For me, it's like a pine grove forest. And as you're falling asleep into the hypnagogic state, kind of feeling that dream coming over you, you just step foot directly into the scene and you're awake. You don't have to hope for a gamble. You don't have to hope for the question to come up. You're just instantly lucid. Um, that one took years to master, but anyone can do mild and wake back to bed. Anyone can do that. So that's where you'd want to start. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to Prodigy. For any sources mentioned, visit the episode page at prodigypodcast.com. Since you're seemingly, you know, lucid or slightly awake, is it not bad for your like REM sleep? There's numerous studies on this. Numerous, numerous studies. As far as we can tell, we don't really see any long-term or even short-term problems. There are um, reported problems from other people saying, hey, I'm tired. When I do this, I'm very tired. As far as like brain scans are actually concerned, it is a discernible state. It's discernibly different between REM and waking life, and it's a hybrid of the two. Um, so yes, there are many, many concerns uh, from sleep scientists that say, hey, this might not be good. We could be doing significant damage here. So far, we can't find any damage. We can't find any psychological or physical issues going on. That's not to say in the long term that there aren't. I don't know. I, I, it is personally, I don't get tired at all from lucid dreaming. I feel perfectly rested. But I've talked to many, many people that say, listen, man, this is one of the reasons I don't want to lucid dream anymore. I'm exhausted in the morning. I, I can barely function throughout the day because of this. So yeah, it's, it seems to be kind of 50-50. Depends on who you are, apparently. 
Yeah, it's like that half state, but maybe, you know, you're not doing it the whole night. You're just doing it. I mean, because time, how how does time manifest uh, in lucid dreams? It seems very one-to-one. I've known many people that say they can perform time dilation. This is pretty much all I do nowadays. I try to do time dilation, and I've never succeeded, even not even close. Um, But some people claim to be able to experience years in their dreams. It feels like years. They can have whole lives. (laughs) Now we're getting to Inception. I I have a lot of doubts when I hear these things, too. I'm like, eh, it sounds like they're just trying to impress people. But we could be wrong. A lot of people think lucid dreaming in general is ridiculous. I'm like, no, it's definitely real. So that might be how those people are feeling when I say that. No, I immediately believe it because um, it's happened to me before. I've realized I was dreaming while I was asleep. So you, especially when we directly experience something, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, but I was, you know, I had this this thing where like I, I would kind of like realized I was dreaming and I was trying to do something and like with flying and I couldn't really get off the ground. And so just a little bit. And so I assumed it was like a representation, a, just a dream I was having about how like I feel powerless or something, but maybe it was, I just hadn't practiced my lucid dreaming techniques. That could vary. You know, the the topic of dream interpretation in general is very controversial to me, to my own mind, because I think that I really do think dreams are just mostly random. That being said, I've had many dreams or I can't help interpreting it and going, no, this is meaningful. This is very important to me. So I'm kind of conflicted even in my own self on that issue. Well, you know what blows my mind is that tons and tons of people have the same dream (laughs) like the tooth falling out like that's Mm. super common Mm. uh and there's some other ones too that a lot of people have the naked thing or like oh the the college one where you think you forgot to to like show up to a class till the exam right or if you've ever been a server the serving dream Oh, I don't know that one. Okay, so anyone that's been in the restaurant industry, you all at some point have the serving nightmare where you can't keep up with your tables. My wife and I still get it from time to time. We haven't been servers in many, many years. Um, That's another common one. How about the old hag? How weird is it that so many people dream about the old hag in such specific detail? What is going on there? All right, so I've had sleep paralysis once or twice before, too. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So sleep paralysis, a lot of people think it's like a disease or something. Everyone experiences sleep paralysis. The only people that aren't experiencing proper sleep paralysis are people that sleepwalk or sleep talk. Sleep paralysis is a necessary function of sleep to ensure that you don't act out your dreams. It's important that you have sleep paralysis. So when people say, hey, I had sleep paralysis, what they mean is they became conscious during that phase of sleep. So sleep paralysis is when you wake up uh, during this state and you can't move. You feel like you're in a horror movie. It is admittedly terrifying the first time you'll first few times you experience it. Um, and you just you feel like you're you're completely stuck, but you can still kind of move around your eyes and you can still kind of moan. You're like, it's, it's kind of terrifying. But very commonly what people experience is they hallucinate that the the reason they're paralyzed is that there's something on top of them. And this something almost always comes in the form of what's called the old hag. It's happened to me many times. It's just this like shadowy squat old lady that's just menacingly staring you down and just staring into your soul hatefully. Why? It very it just seems so freaking random, but it's so common. Yeah, I didn't experience that, but I do remember being scared. Um, And I remember being like, you know, like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I wanted to ask, I guess, you mentioned um, in the beginning that you were trying to help somebody stop lucid dreaming. And I wanted to ask why. Yeah. So this was also surprising to me. A few years ago, the first person ever came to me and said, hey, I can't shut it off. 
since I was young, I lucid dream, you know, every single dream throughout the night. So five, six times a night. And it's, it's seven days a week. This is just endless. The reason was, is I kind of delved deeper into what was going on in their life. They had a lot of PTSD. They were, uh, they had done multiple tours and war. Uh, I don't want to give any specific information away, but, uh, they were going through a lot of mental issues and their dreams were just constant nightmares. And they were living these nightmares again because they were experiencing endless lucidity. So they wanted advice on how, how, how can I just, if I am in the lucid dream, how can I stop? How can I fall back into it? And I gave them advice there was hopefully, uh, uh, definitely able to help them. They came back and said that. Um, but also, how can I just stop it completely? Unfortunately, I was not able to just stop it completely. I, I don't know what to say in that respect. Maybe some type of substance. I hate to have to depend on that, but if it's that bad. Um, but there are many techniques we can utilize to shut it off. Other people have stated they want to stop it because they, they get tired. Uh, they just wake up exhausted and they got work the next day, right? And they're like, look, I, it's fun, but it's not worth being tired at work. I need to go, you know, make money. So, yeah. So I guess some certain people experience it bit differently mm. and uh how about i mean to me it sounds amazing um but you know <laughs> sometimes um i'm under the influence of maybe i had a couple of drinks or you know some other like very mild substance or a benadryl <laughs> or something like uh it's much harder with that right it's significantly harder uh, most substances with very few exceptions, and we can talk about those, are going to hinder and cloud and limit the experience, um, especially alcohol. Alcohol is a big problem for lucid dreaming. Again, there's a, there is always exceptions to the rule. I've met many people that are like, nope, doesn't affect me at all. I could slam well, out. I had like, they probably had like a glass of wine about 5 p.m. though. <laughs> not like, not like a mixed drink right before they went to bed. <laughs> I've, I've talked to guys that say they they get hammered and they have lucid dreams immediately after that. Like, oh wow. Yeah, it's very, very, it just shows you how unbelievably varied our brains are. You know, it's just, there's always exceptions. What's the word? Some kind of root my friend was telling me that's supposed to be good for lucid dreaming? Um, there's a few things. There's like blue lotus. I'm not sure the root he's talking about, but she there's- said, She said like muckroot, mudroot? I'm sure mm, she's going to kill me when she hears this because she listens to- Probably mugwort. Mugwort. Um, okay, a, that's it. Yeah. A lot of people like mugwort. I've tried mugwort. It did, to be honest, it didn't really do anything for me. I feel like I was spoiled by the plant that I used first, which is called Kalea Z, Kalea Zakadachichi. This this blows everything else out of the water. It, it's unbelievable how effective it is. So you can use blue lotus. You can use mugwort. Um, people talk about St. John's wort. Nicotine patches do work as well. I just don't recommend it for health reasons. They <laughs> You're not even addicted to nicotine. Exactly. Start, don't, starting don't, up. <laughs> <laughs> just get addicted for lucid dreaming. Um, yeah, please don't do that, guys. Um, but Kalea Z, it, it's fully legal. It's, it's as far as we can tell safe. There's not that many studies on it, to be honest. But you consume it as a tea or you can smoke it as a joint. I'd rather just do the tea. It's unbelievably bitter. It's very hard to stomach, but it has no effects in waking life whatsoever. But when you go to sleep, the vividness and the recall is multiplied by a hundred. It, it, it honestly feels like you're tripping in your dream. It is unbelievably strong. Um, I, I highly legal. recommend it. Fully legal. Yep. You can just buy it online. I'll link this stuff on the um, episode page. Yeah, please I'm, do. I'm definitely going to try it. Um, I'm going to order some when we get off this Try call. it out, man. I, I, it's kind of unreal how effective it is. And like I said, you're going to laugh because you can drink 10 cups. And I've drank a lot, a lot, a lot of Kalea Z at once before. Zero effects. No effects whatsoever during waking life. Very surprising. What are some of the most interesting things that you can do or should do uh, when you start lucid dreaming? 
So this is one of the biggest questions that come up for people. Uh, at some point, you kind of get bored of just flying around and using fire on people. And um, some of the things that I think are most- And banging. <laughs> come on, man. Let's be honest. That's, you would have you laughed if you saw how many personal messages I got after the Reddit AMA of people being like, dude, I didn't want to bring this up, but I got to ask you about this and this, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so some things that you can do, speaking of banging, alter your sex and experience what it's like to have an orgasm as the opposite sex. You're blowing my mind right now. Okay. Yes, man. This is something I did constantly as a kid, to be honest with you. Um, that's, that's amazing. Something else you can do is alter your, not just your species, but your entire state of being at the uh, macro level. So become like a bacterium and experience what it's like to travel through something's body as a bacterium. Another thing you can do, this is one of the most fun in my opinion, is just the the ultimate roulette of walking through a mirror. Um, you, you have no idea where you're going to end up. Could be good, could be bad, could be terrifying. Um, so another thing we like to do is set up a chain of mirrors. This is something that a guy in LD for all came up with. This is another inception thing where she like closes the two mirrors and it like breaks the scene. <laughs> yes, right, this, is this is it. This is it. This is where they got inception from. I'm confident. <laughs> they just hired some lucid dreamers. <laughs> um, yeah, you set up the chain of mirrors and you just continuously go through them and create this infinite flicker of new scenery. And so you're just flying through thousands and thousands of different new things created by your mind. Um, something that I really like doing is asking your brain for creative things. So as an author, I will ask my brain, hey, show me this scene that I've been working on. Let's see it end up in a way that I haven't thought of before. And it'll show me. A lot of musicians I've heard utilize lucid dreaming, not just to help them with their songs, but to come up with the songs. They'll say to the dream, give me some music. I've done that many times before too. And I get songs stuck in my head that my brain made up that I have no recollection of coming up with. Um, so that's a very cool experience too. I've definitely, yeah, woken up before and been like, oh my God, that like dream, the thought I had was revolutionary, but you know, of course it's gone in like a minute or I just assume maybe it wasn't that great, but <laughs> sometimes it's that too. Yeah. So well, like, let's say when you're first starting out, you just start, you know, you hit your first couple lucid dreams, you're getting the hang of it. What should you do to like sort of, um, you know, uh, brain train or whatever to get more advanced? The way you want to get more advanced is stick. You do want to stick to the basics. You do want to stick to your dream journal. A lot of people fall off of that because they're like, oh, I did it. I became a lucid dreamer. I'm kind of done with that now. Stay on the basics. It creates frequency. It creates these algorithms. It really, really hammers and ingrains all of this into your mind. Um, but to really start getting good, you got to start utilizing some of the techniques that I give in my guide too. For example, you have to keep the dream going. It's very hard to, to keep the lucidity going. You fall back into the normal dream flow. So you got to utilize techniques like saying increase lucidity. That seems to work for everyone. You just scream increase lucidity and it, it increases. Um, or, or spinning on your axis. For some reason, that helps a lot too. But really what you're trying to do is get to know yourself. So for example, I know that as long as I have music or something playing in my dream, it'll keep me going. I won't fall back into the normal dream flow. So at all times when I go into my lucid dreams now, I have this little speaker next to me and it's just constantly playing music of my voice included going, you're, you're lucid, stay awake, you're lucid, you're lucid. This helps significantly. Um, it sounds silly, but a lot of people have just very, very specific means that they learn about themselves. Um, 
if you if you really want to get to that super advanced state, though, this has to become a lifestyle. A lot of people don't like that. And they're like, look, that's kind of what turned me off of lucid dreaming, that I have to invest so much waking lifetime into this. That's what it comes down to, though. The more time you spend investing this in your waking life and researching it and reminding yourself and doing affirmation and doing reality checks, the more advanced and more likely you're going to be during your dreams to come up with this. Well, it seems like, you know how people talk about like, oh, you spend half, you know, what did they say? Half your life asleep, third, a third of your life asleep, you know, it's just wasted. Like, well, I mean, I don't think it's wasted, but you know, I feel like I do need that break from reality. But yeah, I mean, it seems like, well, first let me ask this. Let's say someone tries lucid dreaming for like a week, uh, 10 days, whatever, and they haven't succeeded. Like what advice would you give somebody at that point? This is step one of my entire guide. Do not get discouraged. The more discouraged you get, the more hopeless you feel, the less likely it's going to happen. You have to believe this is going to work. You have to believe in yourself and give yourself positive affirmation, which is why the first lucid dream you get, it just explodes your mind open. You're like, oh, it is possible. Oh my God, this is possible. And suddenly it's much easier. But for the person that's been doing this for 10 days, I'll tell you this, I'm a highly advanced lucid dreamer. Now I've been doing it for 20 years. It took me four months to get my first lucid dream and I was actively practicing. I am not a natural. So a lot of people are, they're like, Hey, I tried it on my first night, dude. Thanks for the tips. What? Are you kidding me? I'm like so jealous. Um, but yeah, do not get discouraged. You have to understand your brain is capable of this. Everyone is able to do this. It's just going to take more time. I've never heard of someone taking four months, man. I feel like, honestly, I look back on it and I'm like, Holy crap, I sucked. How did it take me that long? Yeah. Most people are not that long. Have you ever had somebody not be able to succeed if they like tried hard? No, I've never had someone not succeed to some degree. The the worst I've ever seen is a person who just couldn't get control. They just they kept having half lucid dreams um, and it, it took them years. They got the half lucid dreams within weeks, though. They were fully aware. They'd go to sleep. They're aware it's happening. They just couldn't get that level of control they wanted. It took them a couple of years, but they did get it eventually. So there's a lot of variation, but for most people, they can get there in like a week, two weeks, maybe. You, you, most people, you're going to get your first lucid dream if you're serious about this and you're active during the day within a week. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans. Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Prodigy. For any sources mentioned, visit the episode page at prodigypodcast.com. Tell me about your guide. This is a guide I published on one of my websites, wonderaggressive.com. Uh, I wrote it like about 10 years ago, about maybe nine years ago. And uh, it just covers step by step what you need to do to not only get your lucid dream, uh, but to retain your lucidity. It goes over different ideas of what you can do in your dream. It, it has a whole troubleshooting section. It covers Kalea Z and all that. It's kind of just not only a beginner's guide, but kind of an intermediary guide to lucid dreaming as well to start it and to keep it going. Uh, it's totally free. Um, I've had, that's kind of what really got me into helping people. Since I published it on my site, I've had just tens of thousands of people reach out to me over the years, uh, which is very exciting. So I'll link it on the website. Let's say somebody is interested in getting some like help from you. Like how do, how do they go about doing that? Do you charge? Like what's, what's the deal? No, actually for lucid dreaming and all that, I don't charge at all. 
Uh, I do have a private business where I do a lot of consultation, but uh, no, as far as lucid dreaming, man, I really just want more people to be into lucid dreaming. I feel like it's my my quest in life to get more people into it for free. So they can they can reach out to me on uh, uh, my website uh, email, uh, officiallyesfine.com, uh, officiallyesfine at gmail.com or through uh, efine0419 at wonderaggressive.com. Any of those. It's probably easiest to just go to my author site. Yeah, I'll link it all on the um, uh, on the episode page. Actually, I got to say one thing real quick. This this blew my mind. This happened just a week ago. I had a woman reach out to me on my email and said, I did not know that not lucid dreaming was a thing. My entire life, I have only lucid dreamed. And just recently, I got sick and I was in the hospital and I didn't lucid dream for the first time ever. I didn't even know people that could happen. Is there something wrong with me? Do I need to go to the doctor? I was like, no, it sounds like you're, she said she's 33 years old. Sounds like you're doing fantastic. I'm remarkably jealous of you. But I, this was just very interesting. I didn't know that could happen. Yeah, that's funny because uh, a lot of people with synesthesia say that too. They they didn't realize that other people don't have that. Like a lot of people with um, even disorders like ADHD and stuff like that, they don't realize that other people don't experience the same thing. Remarkable. But uh, so another thing I wanted to ask is what sort of studies back this up, you know, for somebody who's maybe skeptical about it? Sure. Yeah, that's this is what's most surprising about me when people doubt lucid dreaming. There are undeniable federal funded studies all across the world. There are dozens of dreaming institutions, lucid dreaming institutions now devoted to objective, empirical, fully backed, peer-reviewed, blind and double-blind studies on this. Um, We know without a doubt, not only is lucid dreaming possible, it is happening. It is a discernible state, completely hybrid and different from waking life uh, and REM sleep. Um, We have had people be given directions before entering a lucid dream. We have scanned their brains as they enter the lucid dream. We can say, ah, yes, they are in a discernible state different from REM sleep and waking life. And we've told them when you're in there, tap your finger six times, five times, then five times, then two, whatever it is, we give them a code and they can follow those codes over and over and over again with repeated validity. Um, So we also have a lot of studies on the therapeutic benefits of this. A lot of individuals with PTSD are studied on to see how lucid dreaming can help them. And the results are miraculous. The, The results are just absolutely incredible. It shows highly, highly effective, especially for individuals where nothing else seemed to be helping. You know, they tried medicine, they tried cognitive behavioral therapy. It just wasn't working for them. And lucid dreaming does work for them because again, they're able to go directly back to those states in which the PTSD occurred, revisit it and become more comfortable with it. I think there's a lot of stuff, you know, exposure therapy, it's effective, but it's difficult. So they're doing a lot of different, you know, sort of research now, like, oh, can you take ketamine? Can you take, you know, psychedelics and then and then do exposure therapy because it sort of like makes it a little bit easier to approach. And it seems like lucid dreaming would be sort of an effective way to do that. Yeah, it's it's perfectly safe, right? Especially, you don't even have to worry about OD. I know that's some of the concerns with some of these substances like ketamine. Hey, can we get this truly controlled? Which I think they can. I think it's a fantastic substance. But um, as far as lucid dreaming is concerned, it could not possibly get more safe. You're never going to die from dreaming. Um, so this is a truly effective and safe means of, like you said, doing exposure therapy. And the, the results speak for themselves. People can, all of this is freely available. Hundreds and hundreds of different studies showing the exact same results. This is real. It works. It's highly effective. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link all this stuff on the episode page, but you know, like where would you want people to follow up or check you out or get your book or what? 
Yeah, by all means. Uh, so my main website is officialesfine.com. Um, if anyone official es fine. Yep, official es fine. F e i n. Yes, f e i n. You got it. Okay. Um, and so if you guys want to check out the guide, that's on wonderaggressive.com. Um, and if anyone wants to follow up with me, you can do it through the site. Absolutely. But I would love if anyone wants to check out my book, it's called points of origin, very philosophical, uh, metaphysical space exploration, uh, kind of a typical sci-fi book. And, uh, I think you guys would like it. If you, if you're into philosophy and you're into, you know, wondering about what the nature of reality is, you'll be into it. That's awesome. And yeah, like, I mean, this is the second time we've recorded this episode because we upgraded your equipment. <laughs> so I'm glad though. This is great. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're, we're working on a podcast, uh, thinking about doing one about related to psychedelics, I guess, like how has psychedelics like influenced your life? Psychedelics have completely changed my life for the better. I was born without a pectoral muscle, uh, right pec, and it, it caused immense, immense self-hatred and self-loathing and insecurity when I was young. And I was very suicidal too. Um, but psychedelics were the first thing in my life that really allowed me to see the world in a completely different way and, and see myself in a loving way um, and kind of just accept reality for what it is. Um, so at this point in my life, uh, I don't really do psychedelics anymore. But when I was in university, I tripped thousands of times uh, in total on different substances a lot of it also was for just self-exploration. There was a great deal of therapy for an individual extremely curious about the nature of reality and death and life uh, to be able to explore areas that simply cannot be explored otherwise, um, but are accessible to the mind. Often in places like deep meditation, which I'm getting better at nowadays. Um, but at the time I was young, I didn't really care about meditation and I just wanted the easy way. Uh, and psychedelics can do that for you. Um, especially things like ayahuasca. I'm sure you've heard like DMT brews. These just allow you to, to connect to the inner workings of your mind and the, the metaprogramming of your mind at a level that you just, you weren't aware that existed before. It's, it's kind of, it's really hard to describe in language, to be honest. Well, yeah, but it does sort of like you would get to experience reality through a different lens. And I think that even if it doesn't like, you don't have some like grand revelation, like it is beneficial to see it from that other perspective. To know that there's more out there, to know that your ego and the, the way that you see the world is not the only way. And in fact, it's a very limited way. You know, reality is a lot about perception, right? So at least how you experience it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on microdosing as like a, you know, potentially positive benefit for therapy or just, you know, for like happiness? Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I don't personally microdose. I, I've tried. Macro, macro dose. I, I, I do macro dose. At least I used to, right? Uh, macro dosing was more for me, but uh, I've, tr I've tried micro dosing. I've, you know, I've done tiny amounts of shrooms and tiny amounts of LSD repeatedly. It didn't, I don't know. It just kind of, to be honest, it kind of disrupted me. I would constantly just want to sit down and meditate and ponder the deep, deep truths of reality. So it really hindered my ability to be a, a highly functional individual. Um, but I know many, many people that that's simply not the case. I actually, I, I would never use any names. I know a lot of people that are highly, highly successful individuals with highly professional careers who microdose every single day of their lives. Yeah, you seem incredibly intelligent and you're an academic too, right? Sure. 
my private business that I run, I teach uh, every AP class you can imagine. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an expert at numerous fields of study. So yeah, I, I really enjoy knowledge. I read like three books a week. That's probably part of it too. My cognition is just extremely fast at this point. But yeah, it, it, even for me, microdosing didn't work, right? So clearly it isn't for everyone. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's a reason to make it illegal or something. If it helps people and it doesn't cause issues, great. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, you know, Weed's illegal and alcohol is legal and, you know, I mean, we, can, we don't have to get into all that, but, and then you just, did you just have a baby, right? We're about to in like two, three weeks. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much, man. We've, we're very excited. Um, kind of just getting the house ready right now, getting ready for the craziness. Great. That's really exciting. But yeah, it was great talking to you. Is there anything else that you want to say? Uh, the only thing I want to say is everyone listening to this, you are important. You matter. People love you and you love people, even if you don't feel it right now, there is love. Thanks so much to ES Fine. You can find him on Instagram at author ES Fine, on his website at officialesfine.com. Fine is spelled F-E-I-N. And his book is called Points of Origin. I'll have those links along with his lucid dreaming guide and anything else in this episode at prodigypodcast.com. Prodigy was created and produced by me, Lowell Berlanti, and yes, that is my real name, not a pen name. The executive producer is Tyler Klang. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me out, you can follow the show on Apple Podcast or share an episode with a friend. I also really appreciate it when listeners send me messages, and I respond to everyone. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council.